Left alone to our own devices, two seemingly unscathed Gen Xers muddling through life, learning lessons the hard way. We raised ourselves and aren't afraid to be badass bitches. So hold our coffee while we talk like then and now. We are the Lashkey Chicks. Yay! Happy New Year! Dance around at midnight. Were you? I didn't. I, I woke up. And yeah. walked out into the living room at midnight and saw people were watching Anderson Cooper and Andy oh, Cohen. Yeah. So I stood there for a few minutes because oh. I heard Anderson's little giggle and I was like, oh, what better way to ring in the new year than yeah. some giggling? Did you make it? forced to stay awake because there was a lot of excitement with my kids um they were this their first year getting to stay up till midnight um well one of them was excited anyway i have a teenager and then i have a newly turned 10 year old so you've got the one that's constant yeah like he was on his phone while we're watching ryan seacrest and i'm like okay you know it's time to pay attention to the ball dropping whatever why is the ball drop? What does it matter? It's just a new date on the calendar. Yeah. You know, it was very dark. Versus my 10-year-old was like... <laughs> Did you get the little horns in the hats? And No, we didn't do that. We've done in the past, and I was so upset with Rico when he came home with this. The kids were probably like seven and nine. He got these little um, confetti guns. Ooh, yeah. So, of course, kids and confetti. I was cleaning that stuff up for days after. I always, I think of Rip Taylor. Do you remember who that is? The guy that would go, he'd like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes, he did. He had a little mustache. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. Mm -hmm. Good Gen X reference. Yeah. I think he was on Hollywood Squares a lot. Yes, he was. Oh, Hollywood Squares. I loved that show. Paul Lynn, always the center. Paul Square. Lynn. I don't remember Paul Lynn, you actually. Paul Lynn? I just remember Phyllis Diller. <laughs> oh. He was he was on uh, Bewitched. He was her oh. uncle. Oh, God, that's going back. No, I don't but, remember him. But, but no, anyway. he was, he was, I don't believe at that point he was outed. Oh, but okay. But he, I, most people knew. Yeah, you just understood who he was. Yeah. But, yeah, he was like always the sarcastic. Oh, uh, yeah. That's your story. Those are my animal. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I always liked him. Yeah. I remember watching that show a lot. What was the host's name? John something. Oh, he was like the second host, wasn't he? Oh. Because was oh, yeah, this Peter? That. Yeah. Peter, somebody was the first one. Yeah. yeah. This was a big, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that was on. That show was on for years. Yeah. Years. 90s, whatever. Game shows. Anyway, we digress. So last yeah. night, New Year's Eve, rang in the new year. Here we are, January 1st. Fresh. And I was saying to you, I drove over to your house, to the studio. Um, <laughs> so fancy. So I was thinking a year ago, this was, this show was not even conceived. I mean, we were, uh, if you told me a year ago. I really wanted to throw some kind of rude con. Wow. This is what it's for here. You know, bring it, bring it. We weren't even trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just, you know, it was just a little speck. The stork hadn't arrived. No. Podcast. No. But here we are. We're doing it. We're episode 20. So 20. this is a legit thing. This is like no going back. No. Only forward. Only forward. Bigger and better. And that's why we're recording video recording 
recording. I feel so old. Trying a few things out. Right. We want to let people know who we are and that connect with our beauty, not just our hot voices. (laughs) So, yeah, today we're going to talk about years of uh, memories of New Year's. And then we're going to get into some movies that remind us of New Year's somewhat. There are a lot that necessarily remind me of New Year's, but there's yeah. there's one iconic movie yeah, yeah. that we'll talk about it because I'm sure everybody who's yeah. our age is gonna immediately. It came out in the eighties. If you if you've been around that long, I mean, yeah. Well, no. it depends on how old you are. Because in the eighties, again, I'm gonna say I was not watching a lot of the iconic movies because I wasn't quite old enough. Yeah, for some of them, it's but the whole generation thing, though. I mean. It's a big gap, so yeah. If you're at one of the tail ends, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I was so okay. Let's talk about the definition again, because so it's so Gen X is nineteen seventy one. I think it's like in the to, late sixties it starts. Yeah, it was late six. So I'm gonna say nineteen seventy to like nineteen eighty two, somewhere in there. Yeah. Because I, no, actually 1981. So I think my sister was born in 81. So she's technically on the cusp. And there's some, we're going to have to go back and double check, but we were definitely, I was in the middle of that eight generation. So in the 80s, I was, you know, I was and 10. You can look 10. anything on the internet, you can find a different answer. Okay. So who, who freaking knows? I don't know. I just know I'm a Gen Xer. That's all I know. And that nobody talks about us. So. I'm no. just glad we're we're talking There's about nothing it. to talk about. No, no, we're just the lost generation, you know. We're, Nobody cares. Wait, where are we? <laughs> Definitely lost. Definitely. Who's that? I well, I got lost coming here. I'm just gonna say. You did not. I tried to come without using a GPS. I tried to drive over, knowing I've been here a million times now. Do you, it's something about I get into Standish and I zone out. Why? I don't know. I just do. And and I just, I always almost miss this one turn. So anyway, I get into that area, I zone out. And so then I'm like, oh God, and I had to get the GPS to tell me how to get back on track. So yeah, I, I'm Truth always Truth is out. Truth is out. But I have not lost some of my New Year's memories. Oh. <laughs> some of those are good. deeply embedded. Because they're so juicy. They're juicy. Well, not until probably college. Before that, I were probably just so, I'm going to bring it back to childhood. I didn't probably stay up until midnight, but I was watching Dick Clark's New Year's, Rockin' New Year's Eve. Well, everybody needed a little bit of Dick Clark. I'm not going to even comment on it. Actually, that was your last name. I the last name. I was trying. My great grandmother used to love watching Dick Clark. Your great grandmother. She would go to bed. Yeah. And then she'd set her alarm like at ten o'clock so yeah. she could get up and get herself going to watch the ball drop. It's really smart. I could have done that this year for sure. I would have appreciated a nap. I, I hit the wall at ten, and I was like struggling. But so she was committed. To, she was. Yeah. Okay. There were certain things, I guess, that were important to her, and knowing that the ball dropped. Yeah, <laughs> the ball dropped. I'd like to know. I dropped a lot of balls in my day. I mean, what is happening with this first episode of the year? All the innuendos are coming out. What is this? They're it's because we took a break. It's true. I've been like holding Pent-ups. it in. It's been a rough all December. Let it all out today. 
I can't even fly. Oh, God. We're going to bring it all for you. Now that we're on video, we need to bring it all. So, yeah. So, Dick Clark. So, I thought that he was around much longer, but he died in 2012. So, he was probably doing the Rockin' New Year's Eve for about... 40 years old. I mean, I think he started in the 70s. Yeah. And even he'd always have his wife with him and they would like yeah, make out. Make it. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. it say when I'm home alone and Dick Clark's on the top <laughs> of some building making out? I know. He's rubbing it into everybody who was not making out at midnight. Come on. How did people accept that as just, I know. Okay. But you know, whatever he was running the show. Um, and he, you know, he started out on American bandstand. Yes. And the reason he started the New Year's Eve special is that he just had all these connections to all these different musical artists. So it made sense. He could get them on his show. Um, and I think there was one other New Year's Eve special. I can't remember the name of the guy who did that, but he ended up getting him on as a guest and then his show went away. And so I think he started out to compete with another show, but then he became the one show on New Year's Eve. There was no comparison. Why bother to even try to compete? He had all the people. He was Dick Clark. You know, he had the voice. And so for all those years, um, until he brought on Ryan Seacrest to kind of be the... um, the the handoff to the the next generation um which i think ryan seacrest does a great job but it's it's something just died with dick clark's you know passing the torch passing the baton i just feel like some things just aren't the same and won't ever feel the same i mean you can appreciate ryan yeah I mean, and he does a great job. I think, and he get, he has all the great art. Like last night, I was watching it. He had the uh, old school, like L Cool J was performing, and I was like, you know, that's that's kind of fun. Like it's something for everybody. My kids were sitting there, like, who is this guy? What is this? Like, love Cool James. <laughs> He's gonna knock you out. As long as he doesn't right. knock me, <laughs> knock you out, down and knock you up. I don't know. <laughs> He could do all the knocking he wanted, but he looked good. Yeah. He looked good. He's a handsome man. Um, but you know, he it's he does follow the tradition of what Dick Clark set out as, you know, getting all the, the great musical artists and, and focusing on the music. Um, but yeah, Dick Clark had a lot of interesting people. I was like, did we have in the eighties that were the highlights on Dick Clark? Barry Manilow was one of them, like Barry Manilow, like sleepy music. Like, yeah, where was the rockin'? Where was the rockin'? With yeah, him? exactly. Yeah, wait, but didn't he do the? Didn't Barry Barry Manilow do rock, um, bandstand the theme for that? Oh, did he? Okay, that's a fun fact. Is it? Isn't it him? I don't know. I don't know. I just remember when my kids were little, they saw Barry Manilow on New Year's Eve, and they went ha. Ah. Oh. All this, plastic oh yeah oh definitely he was probably one of the original plastic surgery freaks <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah like people like that and then eventually they brought on more like the current day stuff like you know like the boy bands in the yep. late 80s into the 90s and i mean that's how we got introduced a lot of times to the new guys mm-hmm. that's true. before they really hit the top four it wasn't like we were able to go online there was no going online and like finding out about people on youtube or spotify or whatever it was like oh here's your big moment you get to learn about who they are 
So, yeah, Dick Clark was the original. Um, and now we've got Anderson Cooper. We've got oh. I mean, the Andes, basically. Yes. The Andes. Um, ACAC. ACAC. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Yeah. And then I, I just always watch that Ryan Seacrest just because of like tradition. tradition. But yeah. So, Mel, tell me, do you have any good New Year's Eve memories that you wanted to share? No. That's nothing nothing comes to mind after all these years nope wow so new year's eve for you not on the radar nope never a big deal never wow interesting i had probably a few good ones in my 20s that i still remember that were like what how did i survive those my mother didn't want me on the roads oh well that's true there's a lot of drunk drivers out there you'll die i mean i was supposed to have my my youngest was due on new year's eve and i forced the doctor to induce like get me started early because i wasn't going to be on the road on new year's eve yeah no he wasn't going to be born on new year's eve and he did that yeah i mean they just kind of yeah they got it started got the process started they were fine with that um i mean i was due in a matter of days so it was like two or three days early um but yeah growing up I probably didn't go out until college for New Year's Eve, so I started to celebrate then. And I remember one of the more memorable nights out was in Boston when I was 22, and there was this big party at a hotel. I don't know. You needed, like, an invite or something. So a bunch of girls, I was friends with a couple. We all went. We got all dolled up. I mean, we were, like, fancy for this fancy party. Wow. And, um, yeah, just you know, being out, being dolled up and meeting and mixing. I mean, I was single, you know, ready to mingle. So it was a fun night. I just remember being like one of those nights where you just danced and, you know, the quintessential, like woke up the next day with my tousled hair and hangover. Did you do the walk of shame? I might've, I met, I mean, I was in a hotel. Who knows what happened? I I probably did. I, I'm a little old to remember that far back but Your i don't remember not gonna like this oh no, sorry much she hasn't listened she hasn't oh no she's listened to a couple i picked the episode she listens to oh there you this go. one won't be on the list um and then but that was the year prior before y2k so then y2k year do you remember what you were doing on that that was the year of the new millennium millennium and right. i remember having to go to work on January 1st to make sure all the computers worked. Oh my goodness, the pressure. Yeah. And did they work? They did. The thing was, everything was going to get reset because they of hadn't the binary programmed. System. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what a letdown, wasn't it? Like we had all, yeah. there were people who were like stockpiling. Yeah. Stockpiling food, preparing to go into their bunkers because everything was going to end. Um, and it did add an element of, you know, partying a little more excessively that well, night. Just think, if you think you're going to die at midnight. Absolutely. Hey. I remember being with, again, like random friends. I had some friends doing one party and then going to, I took a cab to meet other friends. I remember we were in downtown Portland and I was like walking the streets with a bottle of champagne <laughs> just like oh this is the end we're just gonna walk around and, and the cops drink. and you know i don't know they're I just don't like, remember any cops i think they were 
dealing with worse things, but um, lots of bar hopping that night. Ended up at a tiny little place at the very end where we all rang in the new year. And it was fun. It was one of those environments where it was just packed and you were singing and, and drinking. Did the whole old anxiety. Oh, it was. It was that, that kind of thing. And But I didn't, I didn't have any clue who I was with. <laughs> What? Did you just kiss some guy beside you? Probably. I mean, or some girl? I think, well, I would have kissed whoever. Absolutely. I was open to it all, but I did, I don't, I blocked that out. I think by the time you get to midnight, it's always kind of fuzzy. You don't even, yeah. it could be the dog beside you. It you just... could be the mirror. It could, it could have been in the bathroom kissing the mirror. Anything. But yeah, it was, it was fun. That was probably the wildest New Year's Eve. But then I have one last one that I remember that was like, so fun but it was nothing planned it was just one of those random nights so i was home with my i think i was living at home my mom was having a hard time that year she's going through the menopause oh she was very down on like really sad and crying and bawling that year and i remember my sister lived nearby and i was like you know what are you doing my boyfriend worked at um the tv station in town and he was working so i was like let's go visit you know we can hang out there whatever and um yeah for some reason it was okay for like random people to, to hang out at the, the tv, TV station. station i don't know so we went over and we were talking about how sad our like our mom was and we ended up he was like well you can use the, the studio if you guys want to like do stuff or and we were like can we make a, a video for her so he recorded us we had our little we pretended we were doing a talk show and <laughs> I have the video clip. I'll have to upload it on our on our social. But it was just funny because we did a whole thing and talked about how much we loved her. And then we brought it home on a VHS tape Ooh. and played it for her that night. And it did the trick. She was really, really? Well, I think she was just so emotional and like so touched that we thought of her or did something for her special message. And yeah, we were such nerds. I mean, hey, if you had the opportunity, might as well use it. I know. It was fun. Yeah. I don't know where everybody was, but we were we were the the hosts of that show on New Year's Eve. <laughs> the Julie Becca show. It was just to, you know, warm up for the podcast. I mean, hasn't everything in our lives been just a warm up to this? Much. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mel, um, talking about New Year's Eve memories, like, I know you were thinking about New Year's Eve movies. Well, are there, I'm trying to think, are there any? When I was looking them up, because I wanted the whole Gen X kind of a thing, too. Yeah. What kept popping up was when Harry met Sally. Oh, uh, that is the quintessential movie. But you know what? I'm going to be honest. I was a little young at the time when it came out. I've only watched it. It was 1989, I think. When yeah, I wouldn't have been allowed to watch that. I was, I was too young. Well, I was old enough. Yeah, that you could. So you learned some things watching that movie. I'm I did. Sure. And, and, and the whole thing. The big The big And he's like, what's that? Why, Why is she, she doing, doing that? Is she okay? Does she need a doctor? I mean, and then the old lady next person. I'll have what she's at. So it's kind of bad for her husband. It's like you weren't, you um, know, bringing a lady to. Come on now, man. Come on. Come on. I know that was a really informative scene because I think most women knew that there was an element of performance, but didn't realize it was. I maybe mean, quite so obvious, and that, that we were outed. 
I, I don't know that we really want to get into the whole women faking orgasms. Mm-hmm. Eventually we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That. But it as far as New Year's Eve, like that's where the movie, yeah. you know, ends up. after all these years of them being friends and going through different partners and all how they stayed together as friends and it was just magic new year's eve doesn't it always turn out that way isn't that romantic it is you look you just suddenly have that kiss that you go oh that's what i've been missing all my life and it's billy crystal yeah oh billy crystal i mean we're talking about this i love billy crystal love him Love Magic him. Max. Yeah, Magic Max in Princess Bride. I mean, and so many other great comedies, but as a leading man in a It's just not, you know, I usually, when I'm watching a movie, I want a little fantasy, you know, yeah. so maybe I want the leading man to be a little dreamier looking. Yeah. You know, but he's not a bad looking guy. Bad looking guy. He rocked that white sweater and jeans. I mean, at the Oh, comic. yeah. But, yeah, I mean... He was more of, I think I would have kept him in the friend zone. I don't think that moment would have happened. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but I mean, that make that begs the question, like, are there friends of the opposite gender? Does that even apply now? I don't know, because gender is like all over the place. But yeah, in general, well, opposite sex, it's platonic relationships. Does that really work? Well, growing up, though. It was always, you had your birthday parties or this and that. Yeah. It seemed like you were always separated. Girls weren't supposed to be friends yes. with the boys. Yes, it's true. I can remember once I wanted to go play baseball with my cousins, and they were mostly boys going, and my mom wouldn't let me because I oh. might get a reputation for being a one reputation. of those girls. Yeah. Well, I played, I mean, there was like a... Um, t-ball team in town when i was five or six i played with the boys yeah, but that would have been different that okay. was organized sports organized just oh, in general all the hoodlums in the oh, town the hoodlums you know. in the town okay they came from wow. a bad family well i mean you were again we know you were hanging out at the agway doing crazy things yeah. so i can see why she was trying to like keep you on the right track mm-hmm. um but yeah there wasn't a lot of I mean, I started out, okay, so one of my formative year, relation, my first relationship, friendship, whatever, was a little boy in my neighborhood, and he was my best friend. I mean, I started mm-hmm. out having a best friend who was the opposite sex, so, and there was obviously at three or four years old, no inclination of that being weird or, you know, yeah. different, but I always liked playing with boys. They were more fun, like, it just felt like more natural, different. yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't, I kind of always had like a crush going. So I didn't have a lot of just friends who mm-hmm. were opposite sex. There was usually a crush. Eventually I was just boy crazy. Yeah. So. Well, I always had um, this boy that lived down the road from me that when I would fake being sick and go home, he would bring my schoolwork to me. So he was like my friend that, you know, oh, we sat, Jesus. we sat together um, back in those days. I don't know if they still do it when they put like everybody's. Um, little desk they put them in like some sort of a U or whatever mm-hmm. and the teachers and nothing mm-hmm. and we'd usually end up together oh, you, I was such a bitch oh we'd how, old you, how old were you sixth grade okay so we're like um sitting there and the teacher's backs turn and she's asking a question and before she like turns to do it I'd slam his leg and give him a Charlie horse <laughs> I need like, terrible 
And he still continued to want to sit next to you despite the torture. Wow. I'm no, impressed. I was, I was very. You must have had a crush. No. No? No? Oh, interesting. No. Nobody okay. crushed on me. No. No. I don't know. But I had this other boyfriend. Yeah. That he moved away, which led me to one of a poem that I always loved. Oh. I was deep, even in the sixth grade. Well, I'm not surprised. So you wrote a poem about him leaving? No, no. Oh. I found this poem. I had a friend. He moved away from me. There's nothing more to say. The poem ends, sucked as it began. I had a friend. Oh. I actually know it's I loved a friend. I love her. Langston Hughes, I feel like, is who's who wrote it. That was really morbid and I guess. You were just deeper than most. I mean, some people just are. And and you valued the friendship. I was sad when he left. I would be sad. And and at that age, in sixth grade, things are starting to like change. You're starting to really see things for what they are. So I can see that being a little bit more of a, that's tween time. Um, Yeah. I don't remember. I think I had some guy opposite sex friendships were, you know, kind of inconsistent for me, but maybe guy friends in college that, you know, I was just hanging out with different groups. So there was just groups of, I think if it came as a group package, I was more comfortable and just kind of hung out with the group and had those friends, but um, like one-on-one friendships. I had a couple, um, one friend, we did try the dating thing. It didn't work out. We just stayed friends. And in fact, I just got a Christmas card from him. They normally hear from him, but, um, he stayed in touch and he does interesting things. My kids get a kick out of what he'll send because last year, yeah, last year he sent everybody like this little, like millimeter of gold like a gold thing. Uh, it was just fascinating. The kids were like, we got gold. I'm like, yes, but it's like, like a tiny little piece. Um, and then this year he sent $2 bills in honor of his grandmother who would give $2 bills to everyone at Christmas. And he said for his family, they got a picture of the grandmother on the $2 bill. Um, he just kind of printed something out and pasted it on. So it was an actual $2 bill. And we got, um, remember like Beverly Hillbillies, yep. the granny, we got the granny on our $2 bill. Nice. But the boys thought that was great. So this friend has stayed in the picture over the years. Um, and I don't, I mean, I remember in my, even into my like thirties, having a couple guy friends in and out, but once I got married and have family, it hasn't been as much of a, you know, maybe coworkers here and there, but yeah. not like the focus hasn't been as much on having those platonic friendships that used to work, but. Well, the last time I remember having a really solid group, my freshman year of college, Mm-hmm. And it was kind of strange at that point, but most of my friends were guys. Hmm. So there were four guys that I hung out with and they, we had all, all our classes were pretty much together. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Communication majors, you know, we, yeah, I hear you girl. And we just, we'd clicked. Yeah. And of course, one of them, we ended up dating for a few months and that ruined Oh, things no. a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I had one of the boys, because I going to a Catholic school, boys were not allowed in your dorm. Like, they oh, could wow. stay in the little area yeah. at the bottom, but wow. no one Were the nuns downstairs monitoring the situation? <laughs> there was one nun that lived in our building. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hardcore. Sister Betty. 
Sister Betty, not going to let any shenanigans happen. Who, for our local listeners, her um, nephew was, oh God, the Bubble Pop song. Who sings that guy? Oh. Rick Charette. Yes. Her nephew. Oh, Rick Charette. And she was also related to Percy Kilbride from Mom Pa Kettle fame. Oh, Mom Pa <laughs> Anyway. So well, she was a big deal then. She, she, yeah. she gave me the best advice I ever got in college. What was that? The more you learn, the more they expect from you. Oh, interesting, Sister Betty. So it was a challenge or like a deterrent? She was a deterrent. Was curious. She was she was doing her later like, later life. So get to uh far ahead there. But my my buddies, like one of them, we snuck him upstairs because my roommate was gone for the yeah. weekend. He's just he'd always wanted to sleep in the girls' dorm because you know, wouldn't he be cool? So yeah. that was going good until the guys in the radio station kept talking about how he was upstairs. So then we had to get them out. What's wrong with those radio station friends? They just have to have big mouths. I know. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. one of them, um, the, he used, we, he went to ice capades with somebody. <laughs> and after that, we, he would like lift me up over his head and yeah. spin me. And yeah. I would like try to do <laughs> some, you know. Oh, I'm sure you're just so elegant. Oh, yes. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. But I've yeah, I yeah that so college right is when you kind of mix it up yeah and, yeah but it's still it's so weird because I feel like even though you're all saying this is a platonic friendship mm. somebody's got somebody's feelings. got yeah or there's just that expectation around like or just curiosity maybe it's more curiosity could something work out. Um, but there have always been, like, I've had friends, guy friends, that there was literally nothing, and it was just a nice friendship. But there's been plenty of friendships that were like, what if, you know, could that work out? Maybe. I, I just find a hard time dealing or accepting yeah. people having platonic. Oh, you especially, do? Yeah, I have a, and especially, like, being married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's why I feel like things changed once I be- got married. I became focused on just that relationship. And maybe I'm just really jealous. Yeah. Oh, but I yeah. feel like yeah. if my husband was saying, hey, hon, I'm going to go yeah. out to uh, dinner with Jill and Joan. And yeah. I'd be like, okay, bye. Well, and it's one thing if it's from work. Like, I met some of my good friends girlfriends through my husband his his co-workers um and they you know just kind of we all just clicked so there was a group of women that I met through his work that were his friends first but I mean they weren't hanging out all the time Mm -hmm. but they were friends um and they would hang out at parties and he would always have you know their guys that they were dating or you know we all kind of eventually became a big group but they were his friends first which I, I get, I have a friends first too. Yeah. Um, one of my friends that she worked with, she worked with my ex-husband and as we started to have our kids like almost the same timing. Yeah. And that's when the two of us just bonded and were together all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you just stole his friends. I got her in the divorce. Oh, you got, <laughs> I got custody Sounds of her. Sounds like you got the good, the good part of that. The good end of that stick. I think I did. Yeah. Um, well, that and that's great that you are like that's a good thing to gain out of somebody else's friendships is that you can kind of have each other 
in the long run. Um, I don't think my husband's gained any. No. Well, none of my male friends stuck around. I think they must have all just been intimidated by my husband or something. Probably. I don't know. He is a force. He's a force. Um, Because you like those big guys. I know. I know. He's like, oh, good. Yeah, he'll put the smack down. He was always into WWE. Oh, yeah. So. Um, but now, you know, like through like couple friends, I would say like, like even our neighbor, you know, like I could, you know, say, honestly, it's not a big deal to like spend time talking outside with my guy neighbor oh, yeah, yeah. and like we're friends, but it's not the same as what it would have been. It's like, just hey, not going to go to lunch. No. Yeah. It's not like the male friend I had in college and be, he'd be the first one I'd want to tell everything. Right. Going on. right. I did. Oh my gosh. I just had a flashback a few years ago. So in college, my communications um, major friend he and I had a radio show and we did that for like a year or so so we were close um we did I kind of think we like tried the relationship but he just didn't do it for me um and I don't think I did it for him so whatever we just were friends and he reached out and wanted to catch up and I think he was going through a divorce or something yeah. that was getting him sentimental and you know so I hadn't heard from him in like mm. 20 years he reached out and I just remember it was a little awkward. Like he wanted to like, I think kind of keep the ball rolling, so to speak. And I was like, it's nice to hear from you, but you know, it's been a long time. I <laughs> And having now, you know, experienced a lot in my 50 years. Oh, so seasoned. I, I'm just suspicious. Yeah. I always yeah, feel like there's an yeah, there's an ulterior motive. Yeah, it's not you just want to catch up. Yeah, I agree. I felt that there was a an undertone of something. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going to shut that down. Yeah, that's not happening. Shut it down. Yeah. Um, what about platonic friends that are just on like social or something? Like that feels less like a like a friendship that is really meaningful. Yeah, like, kind of chit chat online or anyone that you're not in. Pr- seeing you know live in person yeah yeah i feel like that's easier to have a friendship yeah and just be jokey and invested it's sort of when i see you online or yeah Yeah. send you a funny meme or something that yeah i feel like and that doesn't really happen in my life again i have like pretty much all female friendships at this point but we'll see and now that we work at home oh, in the yeah. office that's limited the that, whole well no but like i have one of my former co-workers that basically our friendship mm. is us sending each other rude rude talks okay. or whatever i mean that's your your love language it is so, yeah it is um I think, but through the workplace, you kind of have something that bonds you together, you know, it's, you know, and you're kind of, there's always like somebody at work that has to ruin it. Like you think they're friendly, like this one coworker you and I had. Oh yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. I, you know, we're joking at Halloween one time and he made this very inappropriate comment to me and that made me be like, yeah. We had to go there now. We yeah, yeah. that was just done. This is done. Yeah. I agree. Like we gotta if you're gonna have a platonic friendship, be respectful. Yeah. Like don't cross that line of being like I feel like loose. you should be able to tell if someone's looking to cross the line. Yes. Probably like deep down, I think sometimes you're going to give them a pass like, oh, maybe it was just one of those like fleeting things. But if it's consistently showing showing those 
red flags. Yeah. Or whatever flag. I think there's different color flags. There are orange flag. I don't know. There's new flag colors, but we'll say it's a red flag uh, that you're like, there's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's tricky. Yeah. It was so much easier when you're, you know, growing up and it didn't matter. Boys, girls, whatever. Yeah. I agree. But anyway, um, you know, that, that movie sparked a lot of like thinking back to that time where, you know, you kind of had, um, you know, just different friendships and now like where you end up when you're married and, you know, you come out of that phase. And what is like the best, you know, possible person to have a, a, relationship with for your life to be married to but your best friend well yeah exactly i mean honestly like i couldn't imagine a better friend than my husband if we're going to talk about a opposite sex friendship he he, he's just my favorite person you know (laughs) so yeah if you are that good friends why wouldn't you make it i mean that that i can't i i can't imagine having my best friend (laughs) wait a minute what are you saying Is this this what we need to talk about? I think I need some counseling. (laughs) But it is, it's true. I like that sentiment. Your best friend should be your partner. So you don't need all those other friendships. But you know. Except your good girlfriends. Exactly. That's a whole other type of friendship. Your sister, I really feel like your female friends or your same-sex friends are like, almost like your family. They got you back. You know, they're your people that you can like go lean on and have a shoulder to cry on. I know you said you were going to start crying this episode. Ugly cry. Cry time. Yeah. But they're the family you would choose for yourself. It's so true. Because we, some of us are lucky and get good families. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have the people that really know who you are now. I think your family of origin knows who you were. And And they don't always see you for who you are now. Yeah, they don't see the growth. They can't. They look at you as, you know, little Mel, little Julie. Um, yeah. I would say, like, my with my sister now, I think we relate more on who we are today. We don't have as much of that because we didn't grow up as closely. Like, I was much older. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with parents. Oh, my God. I always feel like. I always feel like I'm going back to that world when I'm around my parents. It's okay. I'm the baby of the family. That's right. You're always going to be the baby. Always. Oh, you're special. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's hard. When you're a gift, you're a gift. So, um, should we talk about our crushes? Sure. Do you have a crush? Well, I, I got to go back to Anderson Cooper and Andy Helen. The XB package. I just love them. Oh, I know. I even, I follow them on social media. I love the pictures of them with their kids. They have They really do. Yeah. I would love, I would love to see like how they like hang out with their kid. Like what do they yeah. do? They must be so much fun. And I always find it really funny to think back that Andy Cohen used to be on CBS. He like was trying to do serious. Was he? Yeah. It's just too funny. To yeah. Cool. He did like the more production stuff when he worked there. It wasn't, okay. but yeah, he was That's like working for serious news. Wow. Well, Anderson Cooper is fairly serious. Oh, so yeah. I know he had that lighter side and, you know, and giggle. Oh, I just love him. Yeah. And even his 
it's it's sad to say listening to him and his trauma growing up with mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. his pains it's like you just wanna well, give him a hug he's vulnerable he shows really um just honest and open vulnerability that a lot of people in yeah. that position wouldn't normally yeah do so yeah i think those are awesome crushes they are yeah Mm-mm. well i'm gonna say my crush um Honestly, I hadn't had one until I saw LL Cool J last night. You know? Ooh. Like, looking good in a, like, a track suit. Not a track suit, but like he was like in his athleisure. He was really looking good. And I thought for someone our age or a little bit older, I have no idea how old he is, um, inspired me to think we don't have to look like or aging. It's all an attitude. And oh, like yeah. he came out there singing his 30, 40 year old music. I don't even want to really yeah, don't. put a number to it. But, you know, we it's a mindset we can decide mm-hmm. that we're old we can you know and yes to gen z and gen alpha we're old but i think we're the old that you would look at some i always think we look at like the golden girls who are in their chase yeah they're our age when they started filming yes or more my well, in, the, in their early 50s yeah and they were in retirement <laughs> i want to retire I mean, we, I guess we should be looking for our Florida home to go all live happily ever after in. I'm ready. I mean, I, I I'm playing up for that. I play Mejong on my on my tablet. Mejong. All right, I think we should. That should be on our list this year of things that we need to do. Get ready for our Golden Girls era. I'm yeah. I got one toe already there. All right, let me know when you want to go down to Florida. We'll call up our other BFF and we'll get down there. We'll start shopping. Yes. I think this is the year where interest rates go down. So maybe we can find something. Really? I don't know. I don't know. That's my hope. Um, yeah, so L Cool J. I might go listen to some rap, like old school rap, expose my kids to it now that I they were watching the break dancers and all of that last night. And they were like, What is happening? What are those record things that are going on? The guy's scratching and spinning, and I'm like, that? And they were like, no, he's not doing anything. He has a computer next to him. I'm like, no. No. He's doing something live, kiddos, like, that you probably don't understand. And did they have the cardboard down to do their break dancing? No, they had to do it, like, yeah, just on, on the, the ground. regular ground. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. Yeah, hardcore. So anyway, yeah, well, I hope everybody starts off their New Year strong, feeling good today. New Year doesn't have to be a new you because you were probably just perfect before. That's right. Don't change anything. You're I mean, awesome. if you like us, you must be great. That, I mean, yeah, you're starting your year off listening to us. You're starting strong. Starting strong. We're going to yeah. grow together. And because we love you. We do. Thank you for listening. We love you. And, you know, give us a shout out on Instagram, Facebook. Oh, please. Find us yes. Latchkeychicks.com. Latchkeychicks. We, we want to hear from you. We want you to tell us what you'd like us to talk about this year. Oh, yeah. I would love some ideas from our listeners. Yeah. So. Don't yeah. be shy. Please go on Facebook. Go on Instagram. Go don't be a slacker on... like they call Gen Xers slackers. Don't yeah. be such a slacker. You don't want to fit into that stereotype nobody nobody puts baby in a corner no really i mean that should be our motto for the year nobody puts baby in a corner Ooh, i like it i think so. okay yeah right. i like it yeah let's 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 put a trademark on that you think it's ours <laughs> um we'll see we'll see we might have to fight that one but all right well 
first episode of 2024 in the hoppa, as we like to say. Oh, All right, Mel. Oh, everybody stay golden. Stay golden.